I'm Marielle Hemingway with my partner, Melissa Yamaguchi, on the Outcomes the Sun podcast. Number three, I think we're at. Are we at three? Number 25 or something like that. Who knows? Something like that. Anyway, we don't care. So today we wanted to do another kind of deep dive just together talking about the seven doctors because, and I'll explain what that means, because I... Bobby, my significant other and I, and Melissa, with with tremendous help from Melissa, just filmed a course with one commune about the seven doctors. And it's really a, a, a course about lifestyle. How how to t- do simple things in your life to really create change, body, mind, and spirit. It's not just physical change, but you want, you know, you want mental change, you want spiritual change, um, and change meaning you want to live a longer, healthier, happy, and more balanced life. So we, so let me explain, and then I'm going to let uh, Melissa go into some cool things that she's researched uh, on the subject, but let me explain what the seven doctors are. So the seven doctors are Dr. Sun, Dr. Air, Dr. Water, Dr. Exercise, Dr. Rest, and Dr. Earth. And Dr. Nutrition. Sleep? No, I said nutrition. Jeez, that's crazy. Anyway, how could I forget nutrition? It really should be rest at the end, like the seventh day of rest. But anyway, that those are the seven, seven doctors. And we really believe that these simple, simple things are so powerful in creating a balanced life a healthy balanced life, right? So Dr. Sun is obviously getting sun, watching sunrises and sunsets, getting vitamin D into your eyes. You absorb more vitamin D through the eyes than anything else. And you don't want to do that, you know, in the middle of the day, you want to do it at the beginning of the day, Um, you know, from, from sunrise for about till about 10 o'clock is about the the safest best time to receive sun there's such a misnomer about sun like people are like oh no i don't get sun i I can't get sun on my face i'm gonna put all this chemical stuff on my face when the truth is we need it light is everything and and talk about people that suffer from sad seasonal affective disorder they need sunlight they need sun they need light Mm -hmm. i mean there are you know, these lights that you can use. And trust me, I used them in Idaho this last winter when it was super dark. So there are other ways to get sun, you know, get light in your in your eyes and in your face. So Dr. Sun, Dr. Air is about breath, learning how to breathe. Most people on this planet, it's amazing because we have to breathe, but nobody knows really how to breathe, right? They're breathing from their neck up very shallow breathing. They're not going deep into their, you know, into their belly, into their, you know, and getting oxygen, oxygenating the lungs, everything else. So Dr. Air, we learn how to breathe. That also creates balance in the brain. Like you'd be amazed when you don't know how to breathe. There is a shallowness to, to thinking, you know, depression is more, if you learn how to breathe and nasal breathe, that's also important. So Dr. Air, Dr. Dr. Sun, Dr. Air, Dr. Water, drinking water, getting connected to water. We are made up of anywhere from 60% if you're dehydrated to 90% if you're a tiny baby. Uh, there's, you know, but really as, a, as an adult, male or female, you should be at 70, 75% water. 
And that only happens if you are ingesting water that is getting absorbed into the tissues and into the cells and into the brain, right? We want, you need lubrication in all of that. Dr. Air, Dr. Wa Dr. Dr. Sun, Dr. Air, Dr. Water, Dr. Exercise, no. movement. Yeah. Okay. I'll go to nutrition. No, 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 go ahead. You're good. You're good. I was, no. was going to say earth, yeah. but go ahead. Exercise. Good. Yeah, exercise is so incredibly important. Um, we, uh, Bobby and I work with a doctor, Dr. Bruce Johnson from the Mayo Clinic, uh, who's the head of extreme human performance and cardio, uh, cardio and pulmonary, you know, you know, study. And he says really that exercise is the fountain of youth. So, it, and it's not about like, I, I need to go become a, you know, a CrossFit athlete. It's about do you get out at least three days a week, at least, but really, hopefully six days a week, you go out for a, a, a nice brisk walk, something, a walk, you, you swim. And, and if you don't like any of those things, you dance, I don't care, move your body. Movement is so powerful and profound and it, and it creates longevity and it also helps the brain. I mean, there have been many a time where I have been depressed or sad or anxious and literally walking around the block will change how I'm thinking. So there's exercise, there's nutrition. I mean, we are what you, we eat, right? What, what you put in your body, really, we are an expression of that, that goes into the, into the organs, into the brain. So when I always say, you think about taking an aspirin, right? And in 20 minutes, you're going to have, have no headache, right? Say you have a headache and you take this Advil or you take a Tylenol or whatever you take, and then you don't have a headache. We need to start thinking of our food as the same. Food is medicine, right? Mm -hmm. So look at your food, not in a medicinal way, like sadly, but in a way that it is enhancing your health. So eat good food. And I'm not saying you have to be vegan or vegetarian or this or that or anything. Just eat real food. And that can be, you know, you can be any type of eater that you want, paleo, vegan, you know, all protein, no protein, keto, whatever thing works for you. And it's about finding that. And then there's Earth. Dr. Earth. Dr. Earth is so important and people kind of forget this and we're big proponents of it. I know Melissa and I, uh, walking barefoot on the earth, there's that's a way to connect with the electromagnetic field of the earth that comes up through your feet. So I walk barefoot a lot, not so much in the snow in Idaho. But you do hike <laughs> so barefoot. That, you hike barefoot. I do. Oh, absolutely I do. You throw your Sorry, earpods I off just, barefoot. I thought, you know, <laughs> I and I am. Look, I am barefoot. <laughs> I am barefoot right now. I, I'm so excited. We're in California and, we, you know, we, I was barefoot hiking all over the place. Anyway, the electromagnetic field comes into the body through the feet or, or however you're grounding. If you're sitting on a, on, on a, you know, in a park on the, on the ground, you get the electromagnetic field comes in through your feet or your body. And what that does is profound. It gets rid of the inflammation in your body. It also gets rid of the inflammation in your brain. It gets rid of neuroinflammation. What does that mean? That means that people that suffer from depression and anxiety and all of these things, it helps alleviate that. I'm not saying it's you know the perfect cure for somebody who has a serious mental illness, but it certainly can help, right? 
We need to see our, our everyday habits as ways of helping our mental health. You might need more help. You might need a psychiatrist. You might need, you know, you might need, you know, pharmaceuticals to help you get past something, but we need to take responsibility of our lifestyle to help these things work so that you can take less drugs or, you know, whatever it is. So then there's nutrition. I mean, there's earth, there's nutrition. Rest. And what else? Rest. 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 Sleep. Sleep. Oh my God. So it was very funny. When I first met Bobby 14 years ago, I was like, you know, I get like six hours of sleep. I'm so cool. Cause I meditate. Right. And he was like, well, that's horrible. I was like, what do you mean? That's horrible. <laughs> and he was like, you need to sleep more. And I was like, why you're always napping. I don't understand it. But meanwhile, I'm looking at him. It's like, damn, he looks young. <laughs> and he was always super, you know, happy, very balanced sleep. They are finding the studies around sleep and how important it is for our mental health, for our metabolism, for everything for anti-aging, sleep is so important. Of course, as we get older, our anxiety levels are higher and sleep becomes really challenging. It becomes a challenge. So you have to look at ways, natural ways to create better sleep. So I have said the seven doctors, now I'm gonna throw it over to you, Melissa, who will explain some of the cool things that are happening in science. And I apologize for the plane above me, in science these days that are, you know, that are life-changing and, and, and really confirming that these seven doctors are really profound. Well, it, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's fascinating because in this dive that I was doing, not only for um, the, F, the work on one commune, but the work that, that, for, that I had been working on over the summer that you're aware of, um, I start finding out that there's different locations around the world where doctors are dedicating, scientists are dedicating themselves to understanding longevity mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. And what, what is it that, what is it that makes a super ager, someone who lives healthily over the age of 100 with the same cognitive skills over age 100 as someone in his or her sixties, or a world-class athlete or, or Olympic athlete, what, what allows them to be who they are? Right. And one of the places that I found was this place called the Chinot Spa, on Lake Lucerne in Switzerland, which I really think the next time, instead of reading about it, you and I should probably go and just partake. <laughs> yes, only, only then could we could our could our voice be trusted. Yes. But I want to tell you that science is the root of all that they do, but I want to read off some of these studies that they do and how it feeds back into the seven doctors. I found it fascinating. Amazing. They do heavy metal and mineral tests to find out just how laden our systems are with it not only by environment, but by what we're ingesting and also how our body's responding to lack of air, sleep, earth, nutrition, exercise, right? They do a lung test for capacity to find out just how heavily you're breathing, which goes back to Dr. Air. So it, so a lot of the participants were saying, oh no, I'm, I can breathe beautifully. I can hike and no problem. They said, but your breathing is so shallow. You're not taking it into your belly, like a baby, like a belly breathe, like babies do. And so another thing they study is your posture and your movement. And they watch you walk. They watch how you sit. They watch how you hold your head. They watch when you speak, how you move your jaw. This entire thing on how you are, it's like taking your car in for a tune-up. How are you, how's this thing moving? 
and how long, how much longer will it be able to move and travel the way it's moving today? Um, they also study your vascular and artery functions, your bone density. They do biofeedback for your parasympathetic levels to see how well you de-stress, which a lot of people said that they one of the prescriptions they got on the way out the door was you need to meditate more in a beautiful environment because some people, did, they thought they were de-stressing by turning on classical music, drinking a glass of wine and cooking. That's my idea. And they said, that's not de-stressing your body at all. Um, earthing would certainly be a great de-stressor and they do body co uh, composition analysis. Now, in addition to this spot of Switzerland, a good friend of yours um, at the Harvard graduate Dart and, and scholar, Dr. Rudy Tanzi is one of the leading authorities on studying, obviously traumatic brain injury, but also his study of the brain as it relates to Alzheimer's and what's happening. He had some interesting things that he, he shared that I'd love to share with our audience, because I know you know this stuff already, Mariel, but that he said the, the biggest mistake that he thinks we're making in studying um, longevity of the brain is that we study what went wrong. What happened? Why did these people get this? How, how did someone with a seemingly healthy lifestyle get Alzheimer's or get have, have mental health issues or ha have cancer? How does that make sense? So he said, instead of us studying it that way, he's reversing it and studying the super agers to understand what they're doing to live that long. So he said that how our bodies metabolize determines how the brain ages, which is that whole microbiome study Absolutely. that you've been talking to me about. Right? Yeah, and the microbiome, if people don't realize, this is the second brain. Your, your gut that's your, your second brain, right? That's your second brain. So that has to be in concert in healthy, yes. healthy. And, and when that's not healthy, the brain's not yes. healthy because they're talking to each other all the time, right? It's fascinating. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's fascinating. And he said he's studying the super agers, the people who live over the age of 100, who still have the cognitive skills of people at, at the latest in their 60s, but some as early as 40s and 50s. These people well over 100, 105, 106, who are still clear as a bell. Right. And so he's what he's discovering with this all relates back to the seven doctors. They move what they eat. They watch what they eat. They're very particular about what they put in their body. I recently read an article about a, a lady who is 102 out of Okinawa, the blue zone, Okinawa, yeah, Japan. Yeah, yeah. And she sit, she's sitting in a chair holding her great, great, great granddaughter, who's one wow. years old. And the interviewer said, how does it feel to be holding your great, great granddaughter that you're 101 years older? And then you're, and she said, it feels like a slice of heaven. And they followed her around for two weeks to discover what she ate and what she did. And they, everything that we're talking about with the seven doctors, she gets up in the morning. She goes out and tends her garden. Well, there she's getting earthing and the sun. She does her Tai Chi in the garden. Once she's finished tending to it, there's her movement. movement. She drinks her, uh, her, her uh, what is Matcha. it? The, purple, the yeah. purple yam, that purple potato, oh, yeah. the purple yam that they and, and bittersweet melon and her, her yeah. fermented, her kimchi and her green tea. Everything's super, super clean. Yeah. And, and, then, and, and the she, kimchi, which is feeding the microbiome, like people need to know, like when you eat yes. fermented foods, that is healing your gut. Go ahead. Sorry. Beautiful. It's perfect. Well, you and yeah. Bobby really p turned me on to sauerkraut. Yeah. I mean, the good sauerkraut, not the <laughs> kind that I used to have in the cafeteria in fifth grade with hot dogs on Wednesdays. <laughs> Mrs. Clapp, those weren't good. No, that was that's good. not good. So, no. so 
when when they're eating when you're eating properly and the the other thing that they do have which we're going to have to get an eighth doctor it's community it's their yes. connection to others because yes. these women in Okinawa have what it's a they have this community of other women close to their age anywhere from the young sprite ones of 80 to the ones in well into their hundreds and they check in on one another they live within yes. walking distance they see how we're doing Mary we're all going to have to have a little circular home with a garden in the middle I know. so we can go check on each other absolutely but they have they have so this whole thing this whole study of this that Dr. Tansy was spear is spearheading and continues to I kept, every time I was reading, it, I kept thinking, God, this is the seven doctors. Now there's one thing that's not on the seven doctors that I'm not advocating for, but I found fascinating. And it, with your permission, it's a tender subject, but I would like to share it. There's a company that's, that, that studies, it's called Fit, Bio, Fit Biomics, and they study the microbiome. And they've been, they've been doing um, research on bacterial strain within the microbiome of the healthiest athletes around the world these world-class athletes, Olympic athletes, who come from generational, you know, dad, dad was, in, was a skier, Mom, grandma was a skier, this person's a world-class skier, whatever they're doing. And they, they've studied their um, feces. And what they're doing is they've taken bacterial strain from the feces of these world-class athletes, and they're doing a transplant, if you will, into the gut of somebody else. A, a cross section yeah. of people, older and sedentary, young and sedentary, yeah. older and active, younger, and whatever they're trying to see the effects. And every single one of them, not knowing what was transplanted in them, because that would alter. It's like you, yeah. know, if you don't know right. you're eating escargot. You can eat escargot, but you don't know you're <laughs> eating snails. It's totally different, right? So they, when they did a research on them and asked for feedback, every one of them gave one glowing report in one area of the seven doctors. I slept better. I digested my food better. I had more energy to exercise. Yeah. So excuse 100%. me, something to be. It, oh, 100%. It is fascinating because, I mean, it just makes sense. That just shows you that the gut is such a, it, it's, a it, it's such a precursor to what your brain is doing and how you're I expressing yourself in life. So it just shows that we have to pay attention to these things. They're also doing it with mental health. They're doing yes. it with people, people that are, you know, super energetic, happy all the time, whatever. And yep. they're, they're doing a transplant of that bacteria into a person who suffers from tremendous anxiety and depression. And they're seeing very positive results. I mean, I don't know, you know, I'll probably murder it if I try to go into it because I don't know the exact, you know, like numbers, but it's, it's pretty ex astonishing, but it makes so much sense because we are this combination of physical mental, you know, this conglomerate, and then the environment. And like you said, and you brought up such an important point, and it's actually one of the things that Bobby and I talked about in these seven doctors. It's not just the seven doctors, and, and probably the eighth and ninth doctor is community, is relationship. You know, the yes. relationship that you have with yourself, the relationship yep. you have with your significant other, your children, your friends, and then the community. And then, you know, because Bobby and I like to say, we, you take the I out of illness, add we, and you create wellness. And wellness is a community thing. So when you get well, it's not, you don't have to do it by yourself, and especially when you're no. talking about mental health. Mental health, people are so 
you know, they feel so isolated. COVID happened. Oh my God, should I leave? You know, you still see, you know, I still go to the store and I see people afraid and masked up and whatever. God bless them. But they're feeling, they're still feeling that isolation. They're still feeling the anxiety of being alone, right? And and the kids are still suffering. The kids are still hesitant to go back to big classes where they're around a lot of kids. Um, so we need to, we need to realize that our mental, mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health, like we talked about last week is all about this community. It's about coming together and saying, Hey, nobody has to do this alone. This is all about the journey. Yes. Your unique, uh, solution is yours alone, but together we can find it right together. We can help people be directed. And that's what we want to do with the Mariel Hemingway Foundation, mhfoundation.org. We want to help people find their solution. You know, what is it? What is it makes you just feel that sense of community and know that you can reach out? Because that's what is scary to me, especially when I just look at kids. I just get so sad and scared about these kids who, who, you know, when I was a kid, people were not taking their life as kids. I mean, I didn't know anybody that took their life. There was an accidental death with a gun because I grew up in a place where people hunted, but somebody was like cleaning a gun and and the, you know, the rifle went off and shot their brother. I mean, like horrible, but nobody took their life. But now it seems, you know, what's so interesting about the world we live in now, it's like an option. It was never an option. We didn't think about those things. And Bobby always says, you know, the epidemic back back in the 60s and 70s, or the 70s anyway, 70s, 80s, was, you know, teenage pregnancy. I did a movie back about a million years ago called I Want to Keep My Baby. I had an, un, 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 you know, an, a pregnancy, uh, you know, at 16 years old or whatever. I did this movie. But I'm telling you, that was the epidemic. Now it's like, what, f- your friends want to, are so depressed or so anxious or so whatever. It's a severe isolation. And don't you think we've talked about this. Don't you think that this has a lot to do with it? You know, you're, you're, you're down here all day. Everything's every. It's easy to, to be cutting and cruel and say, and, and communicate behind it. The, The rules of engagement are so different than when you and I were kids. There are there are unspoken rules now with the youth on how they communicate with one another. If you text a potential uh, person you're interested in, if that person responds too quickly, that's not cool. They have to wait two days, and then once they re- they wait two days, once they re- they respond, you can't open their text or their Snapchat or whatever for at least five minutes. And then you can't respond after you've read it for another two hours. I mean, it's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. It's almost as though this these parameters Damn, have been set in rules. place. Well, <laughs> wow. thank God. There's all these parameters that are so unhealthy that are set in place that are not natural. No. It's not natural. When you're excited, no. you want to go, oh, my gosh, and you want to text back or call or something or go knock on the door. But, but because... Because all these weird unspoken rules, who knows who's putting them in place, but they're out there and they're real. And I've spoken to several parents who's really? say, who are teenage children, college age children, and they say, yeah, this is a deal. This is a real thing. And if it's if if someone, you know, when, when you and I were younger, if someone liked you, 
they'd call your house and someone in the house, a sister or a brother, your parent would go, stop calling. It's after eight. She's going to bed. And then they would never call you back. And if you were 16 and cool and had a phone in your room or something, yeah, then they would call on your phone. But if right. you went to my house, my dad would unplug my princess phone and walk the phone <laughs> and the cord out of my room so that I never got to have the phone in my room. <gasps> anyway. Yeah. So, but it's, it's, it's this weird boundless access. Yes. But because this is where a lot of our youth are growing up without, you know, the, you know, there's some restrictions and regulations are scary on some way, on some way they're good, but there's no parental restrictions coming in really hard. So these kids are figuring it out for themselves. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of these numbers, the, the, the ideation and the actual happenings are taking place because there's no one. What's that? What's that? Was that a book? Forgive my ignorance right now. Was it a book? Was it a play? Who's watching the kids? You remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. I feel like it yeah, was a play, it, but or it was really a book first. But yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. It, and, and, the, and the cell phone, as great as it is, is causing a tremendous amount of, you know, we think we're communicating more. Let me tell you something. It's a 7% connection. When you text yeah. somebody, you're not, you can't. So I'm, even though we're doing this via the internet, at least I can see your face. I can see your yep. body language. We're communicating through this. Through, I can see you, right? But mm-hmm. when you are texting with somebody, you don't know what they're saying. It's always misinterpreted. It's always this. It's oh, always yeah. that. And, you know, these rules I didn't even know about. That's crazy. And when I was a kid, if somebody did call you, you know, and you weren't there, you know, or... You know, you weren't there. You called him back the next day or you made a plan. Hey, you know, I'm calling you up. Can you spend the night on Friday? It's Monday, right? Can you spend the night on Friday? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that'd be great. Right. And so you don't see them till Friday, right? You don't, you're not like on the, on this, having this interaction and that, and that judgment of time, like, oh, they didn't get back to me right away or, oh, they went too long. I don't know what these rules are, you know, or whatever. It's not, <laughs> it's really not okay. I would so mm. fail at this, this new disease. <laughs> I would fail too. I'm too excited. I get too excited about things. And I want to call well, and tell you right away what happened. I don't want to wait until two hours. I know. You say, hey, this is my good news. And I've got to go. <laughs> I've not got another 55 <laughs> minutes so she doesn't know I'm too excited. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'd lose my mind. But, I know, right? But it, it is, it, it's a different world. I mean, it's its not a world that's going to change. So we, no. ha- we have to learn how to negotiate the new way, right? I don't want to be the old person that goes, well, you know, back in my day. But we have to learn how to negotiate the way the, yeah. way the world yeah, is do. so technically oriented. But keep it, you have to make limits. I think what it is, is you just say, you know, for me, I turn my phone off at 8 p.m. It's off. You know, I, I, I'm not going to say that I'm the internet might not be, you know, I might watch a show that's different, but I quit, you know, like looking at Instagram or doing anything like yeah. that. Oh yeah. yeah. PM. It's a, the phone is off. Now, some of you have kids, some of you, you know, like I know you, you keep your phone because your kids are off, you know, in college or in Europe or wherever. So I get that. But for the most part, if you can turn your phone off, it's awesome for you. Not just to, not just because of that communication thing and the you know the ability that anybody can get you, but also because of the EMFs. 
the electromagnetic right. stuff that is right. going around in the air, that's actually not good for you. It's not good for our circadian rhythm. It actually throws it off. So it's very important that internet and stuff like that gets lessened at the night because that's part of sleeping well. If you turn internet off or at least turn your phone off and it shouldn't be next to your head. So many people like sleep with the phone right next to them. Underneath their pillow. Oh my God. It just kills right underneath me. the pillow. It's so bad for you. Please don't do it. It so screws up your sleep. And if you're yeah, Meryl, here's another thing. If we can just yeah. talk about it briefly. Do you know how many girls I see put their phones in their bras? It makes me nervous. It makes me so nervous. I know. There's a direct connection here. This is it's scary stuff. Yeah. Yeah, scary it's stuff. scary stuff. And 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 if you're pregnant, let me just tell you. If you're pregnant and you've got, you know, you've got that kind of it's it actually affects the fetus circadian rhythm so that you know it's a fact they 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 are there's a soft link and i'm you know i'm not a doctor i'm not trying to claim anything and the numbers i'm probably gonna get wrong but there is a connection to autism and that you know the constant you know emfs coming in at the at the at the baby and blue light you know not that blue light is bad all the time during the day it's fine but at night we shouldn't be seeing a lot of light so when we talk Meryl, about doctor sleep, you you don't you want to sleep in a black room. And you know the thing the things that we're talking about today at the seven doctors and all of these different techniques, opportunities, practices that have been around for years, centuries. The one thing that I just learned yesterday, I was watching this fascinating documentary on um, a child in vitro and all that it, and all that affects the child. When the decisions that you and I make affect our grandchildren. Yes. The life of, it goes back to, it goes back to the grandparent. So if the grandparent, if the grandmother is healthy, the eggs that she's produced, the eggs that she's born with, that she maintains when she gives birth to her daughter and those eggs that she's born with, the grandmothers are, so everything's, it's all passing down. Our choices affect not only ourselves and our loved ones, it affects our children and our grandchildren. And it's fascinating, right? It is it's fascinating. fascinating. It's not it's just, affecting, it's not just it, about you. No, and it's affecting generations. But also on the reverse side, your getting healthy now also helps the generations ahead of you and the generations yep. behind you, right? The generation yep. of growing. Like if you get healthy in in your brain, right, and you do whatever is necessary for you to find balance, that actually affects your kids right? Yes. It totally yes. affects your kids. You know, yep. like when, when you talk about therapy or psychotherapy and stuff like that, when we, unlo- when we as human beings unlock our, our issues or whatever, the, our genetic issues, that helps unlock the generations before. You know, they, all, they, they often say, you know, there's always one in a family that kind of goes, hey, I, you know, the buck stops here. I don't want to do this anymore. I kind of, I kind of feel like I, I did that a little bit with my family. That there was so much addiction. There was so much mental illness. And I was scared. I spent a lot of years being afraid that I was going to be going to have, like, a, it was like a virus. I was just going to wake up one day and, you know, there I'd be like, you know, not well, mentally not well. And what I realized was, you know, it took me many, many years and lots of falling down and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But what I realized is, oh, wait, I get to make different choices. I know, you know, like I've suffered from depression. I've suffered from anxiety. I've suffered from things. And I know I've I've figured out my solution. It's unique to me. 
it's not yours. It's not somebody who has bipolar disorder, but I know what works for me. I know how to prevent depression in myself. Like we were talking about getting light. I know I am a person who needs light. It's like, we are in California now. And I'm like, you know, I, I said to you, I said to my partner, Bobby, I said, you know, we need to find something for the winter months because they're tough on me. You know, like I, I figured yeah. it out. I have lights. <laughs> I have crazy lights in every room, but, um, but you know, you figure out your solution and it's unique to you. And it's so, yes. it's so amazing to know that you actually can change the trajectory of your entire heritage. You can change yes. your family history moving you can, forward. You can change your genetic expression. Exactly. You can't, you're not, you're not damned for all times. It's, it's true. so cool. Oh my gosh. It's great. This has been such a wonderful conversation. I, I, I love it. I think we do really well on our own. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I think there's a reason that you and I are friends. We, oh we got God. this thing. <laughs> I think it's really good. And uh, we'll, we'll get a guest in here, but we just felt like, I don't know. There's a lot that we, we talk about during the week and that we do and that we just feel is so important to share with other people. It's just so, it's fun. It's fun. It's exciting. And I want to, I want everyone out there to know that when we come across something, we're going to share it with you. We're going to share with you what, what the latest and greatest that we're discovering as we move through this world. So yeah. Anyway. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We are so grateful to have you listen to Outcomes the Sun podcast. And if you want to look at our foundation, it's called MarielHemingwayFoundation.org. Uh, it was really for lack of a better name and nobody was going to steal it from anybody because <laughs> it's mine. And also MH stands for mental health. So, you know, do your best to live a, a, a simple and present life and have a great week and we'll see you next week goodbye make good choices <laughs> <laughs>